Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hey, how's it going? Dave. What's up? And Tori. Hello, Internet. We start every week with good thing, Craig. So, I've been with this show for quite a while, right, guys? And since the beginning? Mike. Since the <laughs> beginning. Yeah, it's been a while. And I think all of you know by now that I have a fondness for Star Trek. Specifically, the next generation. And I don't know if I actually ever mentioned it as my good thing before. So we need to formally put this in formality. The next generation is indeed my good thing. Um, now, I know those of you will say that some Star Trek series are better than others. That's fine. That's cool. But for me, the next generation is where it's at. It's what I grew up with. I have a fondness for going back and rewatching it every now and then. It just There's just something about popping on an episode and just having it on, even in the background, not paying attention and just... It's 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 like old home movies for me. It's just like nostalgia injected directly into my eyeballs. It's great. Um, anyway, for those of you who don't know what Star Trek is, or, or specifically Star Trek: The Next Generation, well, let me tell you. Um, it's it's a, an episodic uh, space adventure show where it's they a soap opera with aliens. <laughs> it's. It's a crew of the Starship Enterprise that are going to explore the galaxy, um, find new life, new civilizations. And the best thing, no, there's so many good things, guys. But at the helm is the great Patrick Stewart, and he does a fantastic job as captain. He is the captain that you want on your flagship vessel. Um, So that puts the series in a completely different light compared to the original Star Trek. Max um, ranks in diplomacy. He did max ranks in diplomacy, which is what you should do as a starship captain. The but, only the only captain that comes close in my mind is Cisco. That's that's what I've heard. That you know, Deep Space Nine is probably the next best series. Sometimes it's people's favorite over Next Generation. Next I really next need to generation. give it like a full watch because uh, unfortunately I have not finished Deep Space Nine. So one of these days I will I will get to watch most of it, but. Even still, Next Generation is excellent. If you've never seen it before, I recommend you start in Season 3 if if you want to just sort of dip your toe in and see if it's any good. Uh, honestly, as a kid, I started you know in the middle because it was just on one time. I think I started on Season 5. Uh, I have to look up which... I know which episode in particular was my first, but I'm not going to bore you guys with that now. Um, point is, start on like Season 3. Uh, one is very rough, and two sort of took a little bit of a nosedive. It has some good episodes, but three is where I would say it starts getting really good. I um, think the ideal way to watch Star Trek Next Gen is the way I did growing up, which is, hey, it's on TV, and we're ten minutes into some random episode in some order. Let's watch this. Exactly! It works so good that way. There is character growth over the course of the series like i don't want that to turn people off like oh you could just put on any put on any random episode and nothing ever changes it's not like that we're not we're not talking simpsons here we're talking character growth 
over the course of the seasons. So you can just sit down and enjoy it, but things do change over the course of the seasons. They do callbacks, things like that, which is nice. And only one clip show in season one, and that was the only one for the whole series, I think. Unless no, there's clips in season two, actually. I'm sorry, oh, season two, that's right. It was season two at the end, but that's We're right. talking about good things, Dave. All good that. things. Was... Did they do clips like in the ending or not? I don't remember. But no, like I mean, they did. Call, they definitely referenced things in the end. But that was part of the appeal. Like they did it right at the end of the series versus yeah. the Riker clip show in season two, which was bad. Yeah, I meant season two. That's where it was, not season one. You're right. But you you can ask any fan, and we can certainly have opinions. That's why I recommend starting with season three. You no, don't need can't. to watch the first two to actually understand the characters and things like that. But once you get an appreciation of it, you can go back and then watch season one and be like, okay, there's some good things here, and you could skip over to bad. Yeah, I guess I don't want to spoil what happens in season one, but... <laughs> uh, so, Dave, is your yeah. good thing spoiling what happened in season one of Star Trek Next Gen? <laughs> um, my good thing is that is an IRL good thing, and that is that I am back down to my pre-quarantine weight. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Even like, well, I put on a little bit of weight before quarantine, like the six months leading up to it. So I lost my quarantine weight and then some back to like where I was before that pre six months as well. So, yeah. That's really good. Excellent. What methods are you using to achieve this? Uh, mostly keto diet, but um, just. I'm not a medical professional and don't take that as medical advice. It's just what I did to lose Disclaimer. Disclaimer, yep. I'm not a professional anything, except maybe Bard. All right. Uh, my good thing this week is a brand new movie on Amazon Prime, Coming to America. Not to be confused with the 1988 Coming to America. This one is Coming the Number Two America and is a distant sequel and... I watched it expecting it to be just absolutely terrible, and it wasn't. Pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. Do you have to remember anything about the first movie in order to enjoy the second one? It helps. They remind you about a lot of stuff, but if you've like recently rewatched the first one, it's going to help a lot. A lot more of the jokes are going to land, which pretty sure Coming to America, the first one, is also on Amazon Prime right now, so you can make it a double feature. So, Tori? WandaVision. It was so good, you guys. Uh, the finale just came out um, this past Friday, and um, I tried to wait until the entire series was done to watch it, but I ended up watching the first, what is it, eight episodes last week, and then I had to wait for the last episode, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And the the finale leaves a lot of questions unanswered, but it was a good ending, and I cried. I'm not ashamed to admit. Okay. Well, I have questions about the ending of WandaVision, but this isn't the place for that, because spoilers and stuff. Uh, so yeah, Dave. It me. Hi. You want to talk about some chapters? I would like to talk about talk right, about cool. some chapters, yes. So of course, we're still doing Words of Radiance by Brandon Sanderson. This week, we're going to cover all of the chapters between chapter 68 and 73 exclusive. All right, so for the first chapter, let's talk about nothing. That's the name of the chapter. Uh, do I know Ray's? I feel like I've heard that name before. Yes. Nice. Do you want to know who he is? Yeah. Is that uh, Ad Nauseam? Uh, that's Odium's Holder. Odium's Holder. Oh, okay. Odium is the shard. Yes. 
I see. And wait, adal nauseum is the is the whole is pre shards. Yeah, it's the whole crystal or whatever essence. I guess they're not. He is he is what they are shards of. He yeah. is the unshattered job crystal. Yes. Okay. He is the onion knight. Unshattered. Okay. Uh, Kaladin fell. Rip. Sylvana screamed. Next scene. Kaladin tries to take credit for Shallan's survival. There was a battle upstairs. High storm is tomorrow. Shallan had looked at a map. Next scene. Shallan tries to take credit for saving Kaladin. You know how foreign women keep things in their safe pouch? Is that the equivalent of a woman keeping her wallet and cell phone in her bra? That's it isn't point. not that. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. Hold on. I, th- I think Dave has a bit of... I... No, yeah, I'm I'm with Dave here, actually. Um, I will say safe pouch money, not nearly as gross as bra money. <laughs> well, a bra, serves, spheres, a, a bra serves a function, though, as well as... Right, so... I mean, so does a safe hand. It serves a function. It's just a, a weird safe... function. The pouch isn't is, the pouch isn't really serving a function other than covering the hand, which is not right, the right, of yeah. bra. But anyway, that was just some random thought I had. <laughs> and it's like if a woman takes money out of her safe pouch and hands it to you, is it like some guys like think that's you know like oh my I got a sudden case of the vapors. Yeah, no, like only if they're leering at the. <laughs> Money extraction, you know, trying to get a glimpse of the hand in there. But wait, are there? Do, do they have like maybe do they have like a little satchel inside the safe pouch to cover the light of the spheres, or is there actually just like light emanating from a woman's safe pouch? I never actually stopped to think about that. I've always gathered that the that the whole hand is like covered, like it's sealed. Right, but I mean, does the light shine through the fabric? The light from the spheres. It's in a pouch. I, I imagine they can hide it. It's Maybe the pouch obvious. actually dangles on beyond the hand. But I imagine the hand, it's just the hand isn't in the pouch. safe pouch. Yeah, the safe oh. pouch is a separate thing. I see. It's, but it's, it's like in a little, the sleeve where yeah, the hand is. It's like a little purse that's attached to the end of your sleeve. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. I don't know if walking around the perimeters of plateaus will necessarily take as much time as waiting for an entire army to march because they may not need to go around every single crater. But they get lost enough times that that bullet point didn't even matter. Yay, there's a chasm fiend for Shallan to draw. And that's the end of the <laughs> first chapter. That's uh, it. That's all we needed to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Sulfrena gave this, like, blood-curdling scream, and then we don't hear from her for the rest of this week's chapters, so I'm a little concerned. Uh, Kaladin unable to draw in Stormlights, and Shallan apparently still can, though, uh, as we'll see her use some of her abilities, talk to Pattern and all that. Uh, so, yeah, they fell off the bridge. They're the only two survivors. They're like, how did you survive? I don't know. How did you survive? Uh, I heard stories about updrafts from windsprint saving people's lives oh yeah that must be it <laughs> um i'm not quite sure how Shalon, if shallan was able to use some kind of light weaving to survive or if just like there's a general catch-all like stormlight gives you endurance no matter what kind of surge binder you are but either way yes, they both that. it's that okay i don't think she knows either <laughs> <laughs> well she hasn't explored those powers before you that's know, true has. all right uh, so, yeah, 
they're gonna just they're walking around trying to make their way westward kaladin takes the lead shallan's kind of mapping out their path in her mind and trying to cross-reference it with a map that she remembered but she didn't like quite take a memory of it and even if she did she would have to probably redraw it to check up on it but yeah um periodically stops to make a map of where they've been drawing but oh look there's a chasm fiend in the end of the chapter all right that's it for this week goodbye everyone there's more no there isn't book's over bye everybody <laughs> but what happened to Solfrena? we're never gonna know come back in four years for oathbringer six <laughs> so this is the part where she goes off to join aloysius on an adventure across the cosmere searching for and, night blood and hoyd was there and hoyd was there with the stick that's how you know it's canon because hoyd popped up we got a lot of trudging around through chasms to do so i'll move on to chapter 70 from a nightmare race took the life of one of the 16 uh is that i'm assuming that's the dude from the shard from uh shadows up for silence that's the, is that the well maybe well we know that that was a dead dead shard Wait, was the shard dead or was the shard bearer dead in Shadows for Silence? In Shadows of Silence, the shard was splintered. That, so that's it, ambition. Ambition was got shard. meta sharded. Yeah. The the holder was killed and also the shard was to, was shattered. Yeah. Into 16 smaller shards. And well, a lot of many. Not, not just 16. Okay. Um, so anyway, there's a reference that Frost mentions. Race took the life of one of the 16. So I was just curious if that refers to the shard or shard bearer from Shadows for Silence. He he did indeed kill Ambition, so yes. Yeah. Ah, see, I'm starting to remember stuff. That's like these are all connected somehow. All right. Shallan They're in the wants... same universe, would you say? Shallan wants the selfie. Something about Sky Eels, I forget. Uh, Kaladin Longlegs, Night Night. Um uh... Oh, yeah, so they are able to lead the Chasm Fiend back to where the bridge fell so that the Chasm Fiend feed on the corpses of their comrades. And then they take a nap. Uh, they're going to use the sun to help them navigate over toward the west and fade out and fade in and wakey-wakey. She hates him. Stink lines. Uh-oh, if Shallan gets a crush on Kaladin, that means Adeline has to die. Adeline is <laughs> oh, no! Adolin isn't stupid. He's mentally direct. Kaladin seems to get awful and funny mixed up a lot. Kaladin thinks Sorrow is not Shallan's companion. Kaladin and Shallan's argument ends in a draw. Uh, so, so Shallan says that Kaladin is stinky, and she's like, "How?" And Kaladin, I forget which one of them says it. We're like, "How are you gonna? How are you going to depict being malodorous in a drawing? Obviously, it's just stink lines." You know, it would be a good way of painting the malodorous Kaladin. Just like when you play Broken Picture Telephone. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're starting to get, like, a little flirty, but not, like, too much. Um, but Shalon's obviously still thinking about Adolin here, so who knows? Plus, she's a light eyes, ew. <laughs> yeah. He, Kaladin does start to get slightly attracted to her, but he said that there was no such thing as an attractive light eyes, so... He must have just forgot. <laughs> he just suddenly forgot that. <laughs> he forgot that light eyes aren't attractive. Uh, yep. And then they end up arguing and, you know, Shallan's getting Kaladin out of his shell ever so slightly, a little bit as they go. And then she starts drawing their path through the chasm. 
And she's like, oh, yeah, I might have kind of underplayed my ability to draw from memory. And that's the end of Chapter 70. I don't have anything for Chapter 70. No, I think we need more chasm scenes. All right, Chapter 71 has some more. It is titled Vigil. In Visager's cult, when is Kaladin coming back? So this starts off with the bridge for awaiting Kaladin's return from the chasm. And Teft talks a little bit. He's talking to Sigzil about his past and about the cult that his parents were in. And uh, very, very similar to on Skadriel, how people would uh, torture others and bring themselves near death to try to force them to snap and awaken their investiture. So I wonder if this is like going to be a common theme as well in the Cosmere. I will say, at least in that instance, they knew it was a thing that could really happen. In in Tef's instance, they didn't really know. They were just sort of hoping that would happen. Yeah, true. Not that that makes it any better. It actually makes it worse, I think. I don't, I don't know if it makes it better or worse, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I think, did Mistborn have to be... Like, did Mistborn have to undergo intense pressure in order to snap and have their investiture shown, or... Yes. Was that just, like, the most efficient way to do it? Like, that was actually a requirement to, to snap. Yes. Interesting. But I don't think that's the case in any of the other planets I've seen so far. You don't? Uh, all right, maybe... Um... Well, that's not the case for Nalthus in Warbreaker. You just buy breath. Uh, yeah, and Warbreaker... Return have to die, my dude. Well, return, but they they are a type of invested... Um, they're they're a type of invested thing. I mean, uh, they're cognitive shadows. Dave, you can sit this one out for a little bit. We've had this discussion a number of times. <laughs> in in spoilers. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all right. I I can't think of another particular example where you're forced to undergo this intense pressure in order to try to bring the investiture out. Like, I mean, I guess kind of like. Elantris, you just like explode one day and you can draw light runes or something. It happens uh, overnight. Yeah, it happens overnight. And then, I mean, also in Elantris, you had the Bone Shaper dudes that, where they had to kill other people to give you power, but still the power comes from the shaping of the bones and the and the geography there. Um, what else? I mean, on in Warbreaker, everyone is just born invested. Right, that that's what I mean. That's that's the big difference here. So, uh, for on schedule, snapping's required. Okay. So that's just part of how it actually works. From what for we for elements. For elements, yes, in particular, because Furukami doesn't operate that way, and hemallergy, you just spike someone, which is a completely different right. thing. You don't, you don't even need investiture to get hemallergy, or it's just you take somebody else's investiture, basically. Right. I mean, you kind of have to get stabbed. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Well, the investiture's, I guess, in the spike. I mean, you can get stabbed by an earring, right? Right, Dave? How yeah. about that earring? You get stabbed, uh, you know, in order to uh, get immunizations and things. So, yeah, it's like that. Only the syringe doesn't stay in you. All right, yeah, let's so, move on. Well, I was just going to say, on Nalthus, it's like what Mike said. Although you can use them in investiture just by purchasing and gaining breath. But to become one of the returned, you still have to go through a very traumatic event. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not it's not necessarily a negative event, though. Um, but it is something that's that can be high emotionally 
Um, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, you have to die. That's that's pretty big. Yeah. All right, chapter 71 continued. Where is Sylphrena? She is probably hiding from Pattern. Shalon see everything. Heck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't blame yourself for everything. She doesn't know Kaladin very well. She smiled anyway. Is this where she draws a, a accurate map of the Shattered Plains? Is that what you mean by she yeah, sees everything? Could be. Bad pun time. Our chasm friend has returned. Shalon drops her satchel. Satchmo. <laughs> satchel. Um, well, the satchel satchmo stands for satchel, so I'll allow it. Fighting time. What? Shalon has a shard blade. Uh, yep, chasm fiend's back. And, you know, Kaladin's like, all right, well, Shalon, you can navigate yourself back out, and I can. And also, you have important information to get back to camp. Uh, so I'm going to go distract this chasm fiend and you head back to the camp. And she's like, actually lead it to the West. I need to run back and grab my satchel, uh, which, um, she, he's just kind of like, what, your notes aren't that important. She's like, ah, yes, they are, which we know that she will, or we'll find out rather that she's going to use them to do some light weaving, you know, as well as all of her notes are also critical to saving mankind. So. She's right to go back for the satchel. So she's like, here, take this shard blade and lead him back to the west for a second while I go and get my satchel. And do me a favor and don't die. And yeah, about it. More uh, like like the conversation and, you know, all the teasing that's going on. Uh, it's fun. So where'd Shalon get that shard blade? We don't know yet. From her past, I'd assume. Well, we haven't seen or any evidence of time future. travel, so she probably didn't get it from her future. <laughs> Dang it, Mike, I was saying that. Hoyd brought it from the future. It's the secret identity of the stick. Are you just trying to wrangle stick into this episode? Dude, Maybe. stick could be a nightblood. <laughs> stick could be, but he's a stick. Is he, though? I mean, we only have his word for that. Uh, I Stick has never lied to me. I take it for its word. Order of the stick. That's why it's called Order of the Stick! <laughs> Oh my gosh! And we have come full circle. Did Rich Burlew read? <laughs> well, I mean, he might have, but but he came up with Order Stick before. It's like 20 Words years old. <laughs> I think, when was uh, Words of Radiance written? Maybe Brandon reads Order of the Stick. He does like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Order of the Stick is part of the Cosmere, confirmed. We got another one. No, so Order of the Stick. even better. Order of the Stick is a story made up by the stick and it exists in stick's imagination all right and Order someday came out in 2003 words of radiance was published in 2014 you got a good 11 year difference there <laughs> unless time travel but maybe rich burlew watched homestar runner cartoons because there was a the stick in that as well so what you're saying is homestar runner is part of the cosmere was it's it already like... <laughs> it is now it's, well, if you got the Cosmere, and then there's an imaginary world within the Cosmere, and then there's an imaginary world within that world that's in the Cosmere, and that's Homestar Runner. So then okay. go even one further, so like, Die Dungeon Man, Trogdor, uh, Sweet Cup and Cakes, that's all like, another level further, huh? And one of the shards is the no loafing sign. <laughs> I think, I think we solved it. Good job, Dave. Oh... Uh. 
Does that mean Dave's allowed in the spoiler section now, now that he figured it out? Solved the gods. This is what we've been talking to for the past 100 episodes. Oh, I've been missing out. You guys were talking about Homestar behind my back? Like, the whole time. Nothing else. Oh, man. <laughs> Can't wait to go back and listen. <laughs> Dave's gotta go back after Oathbringer like, hey, they lied to me! <laughs> Except I won't remember until I get to this episode. <laughs> Dave from five years from now. Remember to get revenge. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like, why did you get revenge against us? <laughs> Are we done with chapter 71? Charge this, is a, again. this is a fruitful chapter. I, I enjoyed it. What were we talking about again? It's funny that 71 was the fruitful chapter because 72 is called Selfish Raisin. But I guess they're just a bunch of sour grapes. All right. So uh, weird stuff in a Chasm Fiend fight. Cut the roof of the mouth. Cut out Kaladin. Cut the wall above the waterline. Sword shrinks. Vines have souls. They're about to get into the cubby hole. And come on, man. Can't we read chapter 73 this week? And that's it. I know. Uh, Tori, somehow, may- maybe by design, I'm sure. It's but like, I, hanger- Sorry, chasm hangers <laughs> twice in a row. Twice in a row. Oh, the bridge collapsed. Yeah. The end. Oh, the storm totally, The end. Totally didn't look at how the chapters ended when I made the diagram. Nope, didn't do it. Yep. Uh, okay, so... Kaladin uses the shard blade for the first time. He practiced with a practice blade, but I think that wasn't... I don't even think that was, like, one of the padded real shard blades. I think it was actually just, like, a fake blade. So I, it might be the first time he's actually holding a shard? Sure. Um, no, but anyway... He has interacted with one before. He hasn't held it. Yeah. And uh, there is a bit of a... I bet a little, a little bit of a scary moment um, that he's not reluctant to take it, and he's afraid that this is somehow connected to losing his bond with Sulfrena. Um, but anyways, he takes the sword, fights the Chasm Fiend, uh, hurts his leg, cuts the Chasm Fiend in the in the roof of the mouth like cheap cereal, and they they won. Um, Shalon comes over and Kaladin's legs are like sticking out of the the mouth of the dead Kasim Bean and she's like ah there you are so she can of course I guess the sword would have been like inside the mouth but she can su- just summon the shard blade back to her hands because bonded to it and she cuts him out uh there is kind of a funny moment here so they're like oh the high storm's about to come so they have about two hours left uh by their estimation so they're gonna cut like they're gonna. They see the water line on the plateau, and they're just gonna cut out a cubby hole to hide from the storm. Uh, there is kind of a funny bit where Shalon needs to chop away some vines, and she has with the shard blade. She has to chop the vines twice: once to sever the soul and kill it, and then once to actually cut it because you can't cut living things with a shard blade. Um, I guess I didn't realize that vines had souls, but I guess if sticks do, why not vines? I didn't really think about it. Like they, I guess by soul, oh, okay. like their existence in the cognitive realm. Like I yeah, wonder you're sort if... of confusing things because everything has a mind, but it's specifically organic material that needs to be cut twice because that has a sticks soul. Are organic material, so it's organic. But it's th- I guess the question is if something is dead like a body, because I think what we- we've seen is something that's dead like a chasm fiend, they just slice through it, right? After it's yeah. dead. Yeah. 
because it's I think so it's dead. It's just like any other material, but vines are living because you know they're getting nutrients and stuff. That's like, but so I mean, I guess I don't. It you know I don't think of a plant as having a soul, but in the Cosmere, maybe everything actually has a soul. Like I wonder if Brandon's going for like a tri- trichotomy of being here with like body, spirit, and soul, or like body, spirit, and minds. So like. Well, body, soul, and mind, like that kind of thing. So, like, I mean, that's how I've taken three it. realms, right? There's the physical, there's the cognitive, and there's the spiritual realm. So, like, if you're severing the soul, is that is that separating your body from yourself in the cognitive realm, or perhaps spiritual realm? It's 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 the spiritual realm that it's affecting. That's so it 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 slices through the spiritual realm first, and then you can affect things in the physical realm. Right. I mean, I guess it's severing between the realms, not necessarily in the realm. Weird. I have to think. So when you when you slice, you're like you're basically separating things from the cognitive and the spiritual realm. So the vine, the vine has a spirit in the spiritual realm. So now this is like kind of kind of confused because in in order to sever the soul of a chasm fiend, you have to stab it in the heart, or apparently brain also works. Wait, why haven't they been stabbing chasm fiends in the brain? Like the pupating chasm fiends, when they go to get the gem hearts out, they have to reach all the way down into like the heart in the very center of the cocoon. Why not go for the brain instead? Is the brain like 20 feet up? Do you know? Well, if it is, the heart's probably 10 feet up. They can climb. Right, but it might be just as deep, but it's higher up. So it's easier to reach the heart than it is the brain. That could be. Chasm fiends are huge. I think you've seen some art of it. Maybe similar to a caterpillar, they go all liquefied inside that chrysalis, and it's just a bunch of goo and uh, a gem heart. Hmm. That's a good point. Hmm. Well, anyways, vines have souls, so that's fun. Uh, so she cuts out the cubby hole, and she's trying to get, trying to help Kaladin climb up onto the rungs from the side of the cliff that she's carved out. And they're just about to make it. Calden's like, oh, climb into the cubby hole. I'll meet you there. And she's like, oh, I'm not falling for that. He's like, no, climb into the cubby hole and pull me up. So she gets into the cubby hole. She starts to pull him up. And then the last line of this week's chapters is, and then the storm wall hit. So who knows what's going to happen next? I sure don't. But you guys probably do. And then the killing started. No, no, we've already had the killing. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. So I do have a question this week for all of us. Okay. So if you had to pick something super important to you, what would you hold in your safe pouch? Hmm. Passport. Wallet, phone, keys. Yeah, <laughs> probably going to go with phone because everything I need is in there. Hmm. Yeah. I was hoping for some fun answers. I don't have one either, though. I don't really have anything fun that like I'm attached to that I want to like, carry. What's like that's like basically you're asking the ultimate riddle of Bilbo Baggins. What have I got in my pocket? <laughs> Some lint, wallet, phone, keys, mask. That's what I say. It's it seems a little more versatile than just what's in your pocket though, because you, you can you can hold things that you you're not planning on getting pickpocketed. Like it's it's less likely. But yeah, they mostly use it as a sphere purse. Well, but it's also where you keep your secret stuff. Like, I don't know. when You just got to keep secret stuff sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, just looking at the the society on Roshar and the way it works, you know, like, 
we probably have treasures all over our houses, you know, but I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, what you're saying yeah. is we don't carry everything with us all the time. Right, and people on Roshar are more likely to do that, depending on their socioeconomic status. But, I mean, even Shalon, as a as a Light Eyes, would have had servants and things, and so anything she wanted to keep absolutely secret just for herself, she would carry it around with her all the time, right? So... You know what could be useful for them, depending on, on who they're they're tied with, is you keep a little secret span read with you. I don't know how big span reads are, but I feel like... You could totally carry one around in a safe, well, not a safe pouch, but I guess underneath your safe hand. See, that's useful. Then you can communicate in secret or you can go somewhere and set it up. Gotta be doing secret stuff sometimes, guys. Now, in in the spirit of the question, what would I keep in my safe pouch? Um, there are a couple of uh, jewelry things that I would probably keep. Um, a, a necklace I got from my mother that means a lot to me. Um, a pair of earrings. Just, you know, that... I think that's more the kind of answers Craig was going for. Yeah. A photo of your daughter. No, that's on my phone. Which your I would phone. not keep in my safe pouch, by the way, because that's annoying. I use my phone as my time, like my clock as well, and I would not want to have to dig that thing out all the time. Right. Yeah. So I would not keep my phone in there, but I don't really carry around a lot of stuff. I, don't, I barely even carry around keys. Actually, no, I don't carry around keys. Um, if you had a special secret pocket to keep things in, would you, though? I could. I would probably keep my house keys with me, yeah. Makes sense to do so. But, like, I don't have any... Like I said, there's nothing I'm really, like, attached to in terms of, like, jewelry or anything. Aside from my wedding ring. So, maybe carry on my wedding ring. Because I don't... I'm bad with wearing rings. So, like, being able to hold it with me, but not wear it, I like that. Just uh, so you're going to keep the ring in your pocket, just like Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> or you could pull a Frodo and wear it on a chain around your neck. Well, I think this well of ascension at Mount Doom has run dry. It's just bra money. <laughs> that's that's what it is. It's bra money. Yep. All right. Shall we D-Dave? Yeah. Sure. I'm All right. hungry. Okay. Bye, Dave. Bye. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Okay, what do we have spoilery? Uh, not spoilery. I should have mentioned this when Dave was around, but he, he talked right past it, and then the moment was gone. But um, when Kaladin takes credit for saving Shallan, and Shallan takes credit for saving Kaladin, and they're like, how did you survive? I don't know. How did you survive? Well, it was probably Winspren. I thought it was hilarious that Kaladin's like, yeah, 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 it was probably Windspring. Oh, I can't believe she bought that. Thank goodness. <laughs> and Shalon is over there like, oh, right. Yeah, Windspring. Oh, I'm so glad he's superstitious and came up with that. Like, I, I laughed. Okay. Um, I don't really have anything. All the, right. The chapters this week were extremely straightforward. I have two things. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, all right. This week, uh, it's actually not long, but... First, I wanted to mention, I wanted to talk about fractals. And I think I think this is the, the chapter, set of chapters, where we get the revelation that the Shattered Planes are very similar to what is seen through somatics. Um, and I believe, I mean, okay, we know pattern is a fractal. I don't, but I also believe the pattern 
of the Shattered Plains is also sort of fractal in design. Like, it starts out in the middle, it's very large, and then as you go out towards the ends, it gets smaller and smaller. It sort of has that repetition going on. But specifically, it's similar to what's done in, in some waves on, like, the, a plate, which is the somatics sort of thing. When you have some kind of wave that's passed through a plate that has sand on it, it ends up forming a particular shape. And that's exactly what we've seen with the Shattered Plains. And, hey, that's very interesting because, as we've seen in Rhythm of War, sound and sound waves it plays a very large effect in how investiture works on this world. Ooh, oh my gosh. So you remember in Rhythm of War how Navani found that one tone by looking at the shape that this tone made and then trying to invert the shape by coming up with the other tone? I'm not phrasing that very well, but do you guys remember what I'm talking about? Jazz, yeah. baby. When are they going to figure out that they need to come up with the tone that is the Shattered Plains? I'm curious what that tone would be. It. The Shattered Plains is all about the cymatics you don't play. <laughs> so yeah, I think we've gotten, yes, some I get it. we've gotten some speculation as to what made the Shattered Plains. Like, is this where Tanavas was killed? Uh, or is this where Bay Edo Mishram was captured? And again, the effect had something to do with the, the land around this area. Or is that what they were talking about in The Day the Music Died? Well, we know it's been like this long enough that... The only people who live here, a.k.a. the listeners, don't know what happened, and it's always been like this. Sure, but do the Heralds know? Uh, they I should know. maybe know. Has anyone thought to ask them? Craig, did you remember to ask them? No! I don't have easy access to them. With the span read that you keep in your safe pouch? No, it's not tied to them, so... Sorry. Yeah, I really... this It's one of those big overarching questions I think we have. And... You, it's it's obvious. It's, Brandon's not going to forget or not mention. It. I mean, he he won't. He might not necessarily directly tell us, but I feel like there's a lot of hints here for us to deduce what happened, and we're going to be able to figure it out eventually. Which is, you know, part of the fun. We can sort of figure it out. Something to think about. But I just wanted to point out the whole. I mean, it's directly said in these chapters the semantics that make up the 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 way the shattered planes are shaped. The second thing I wanted to mention is is this testament that we see held by Shalon and, and Kaladin. Yes, it has to be. Right. So Kaladin does interact with the blade. And and until this reread, like, I didn't think much about it because in Oathbringer, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just pattern. Pattern's not dead. Of course, you know, there's no screaming, but it's not. It's Testament, and Testament is a dead eyes. But it's but different. But not quite the same kind of dead eyes as normal. It's probably well, as close as to what's happening to Syl right now. Like, right, we're... that's what I was going to say. Like, he's he's damaged his bond with Syl. He he can't do Stormlight at the moment. So, like, maybe we didn't realize before now how just how bad that was. Right, because Testament is a dead eyes, and he's still, you know... Although, okay, Shalon doesn't hear screaming ever because she was bonded to Testament. Right, and she is also able to adjust the shape of the blade. We see that in these chapters. Hmm, which is not something sharp bears normally do unless they're a radiant. Interesting. All right, so this is Testament. Um, yeah, we don't see pattern, pattern as a shard blade until after, or until the end of this book. Right, so where's Pattern at this point in the book, though? He's um, just been hanging out on Shalon's skirt for most of this. Skirt so he's just, or satchel he's just hiding or... and lying low. Yeah. 
Because Kaladin's like, oh, maybe Syl's hiding. Or what is it? They're like, they believe Pattern is hiding from Syl or something, but that's not quite the case. Pattern is just, I think, chilling. What he if, normally does. If and there he were more, seem to care. I mean, I know he cares, but he doesn't seem to care much as Shalon is using Testament. If there were more open communication, uh, Shalon could use Pattern to scout. Yeah, and they wouldn't have been headed the wrong way the whole time. But they're all hiding each other. What their their natures are from each other. Wow, Kaladin isn't anymore. He doesn't have a nature to hide. Well, he doesn't know that. He broke. He broke. Man. This 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 is the slog, not the slog, but this, this these are the hard chapters to read. When Sill's like essentially dead, Kalan done broke his oaths. Say that name again. What did I say, Kalan? <laughs> I think I combined Kaladin and Shalon. No, I don't want it. I'm not. I'm not sailing that ship. Um, Kaladin done broke his oaths. And I thought the official name for that ship was Shaladin. I think it is, but I again I just combine their names by accident. Internet, it is it is not a slip of the tongue because I don't like that ship. I don't actually know what ship I would I would fly with Kaladin, but Shalon and Adolin are pretty good together. I, I don't want to rock that boat. I know mm. what ship you would fly. Oh yeah, Fourth Bridge. Fourth Bridge. I Girl. I was personally a fan of uh, Veladin for a while. Veladin. Veladin. Oh, Veladin, yeah. But that one's dead now. Actually, that's where I thought the book was going. Like, Vale would shack up with Kaladin, and then Radiant and Shalon would have Adolin, and it's a spicy meatball. Yep. So what else we got? That was it. That's all I had. Okay. Bye, everybody. Good night, no, Internet. Bye. All right, are we actually done? Yeah. I didn't have anything else. Okay. Well, then, yeah. Bye, everybody. Good night, Internet. <gasps> Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.